I'm Maddie. I'm Ryan Pagella. And this is The Mutant Ages, a show where we watch every adaptation of the X-Men. And we are so close to the end of Wolverine and the X-Men. We are also I so tired. I'm exhausted. Because it is five <laughs> o'clock on a Monday, which is not when we typically record. But not I can when tell we typically you, record. We're, it's a beautiful Monday midnight evening at 5 p.m. It's pitch so black dark. at 5 p.m. It's so dark. Unfortunately, outside. we have to talk about an episode that I did not care for. Back when we were young, we experienced a change. We felt a power grow in us, both wonderful and strange. The power to care about the X-Men and the mutant brotherhood. All of their adventures. so upset about how they are doing dirty by Magneto at this point. Like, how dare they? The, I, I can't. Yeah, I know. Also, that is not the only thing in this episode. There's some other cool stuff in the episode that we can get to. I just the Magneto stuff is so stupid. It isn't relevant to the plot. And in this episode, I'm pretty sure there's a retcon because weren't we told that the Phoenix fires were what destroyed Genosha, except now it's the Sentinels again well, and I'm I don't understand what did I, they I, stop when Gene was actually going to turn into the Phoenix at that point and now it's just been delayed I mean I was expecting at the end of this episode that Genosha would be saved by like Gene showing up as the Phoenix or something but then that's not what happens at all and it's like a totally unrelated plot point like all the Genosha stuff has nothing to do with the Phoenix whatsoever okay it's actually kind of funny because there's all this stuff that happens in this episode but really truly nothing actually happens or is resolved during this entire length of this part two of three. I know. And it's also two completely independent plot lines. Actually, three, if you count the future, are all just continuing forward. And it's like, why are we following all three of these plot lines? All right. I'm going to go ahead and just make this assumption that because I know we have listeners who enjoy this show that I know. you and I have I'm both sorry. watched <laughs> through this whole show and it's not been our favorite. And at this point, we're both tired. And yesterday we both watched this at some weird hour. You, I mean, you just went away on a beautiful vacation for the weekend. Mm-hmm. And like for me, Come it was home, just pouring and I was watching this shit show. And anyway, so the issue is that I because I uh, tell me if you agree or not, Maddie, mm-hmm. the biggest issue with this show in comparison to X-Men, the animated series and X-Men Evolution, which we love, and there's pieces of this show that we really enjoy too, is that Mm -hmm. there's like absolutely no emotional weight whatsoever to anything that's happening. And obviously we have a problem with the fact that they introduce like 12 characters per episode at the bare minimum. (laughs) And I feel that because it doesn't have the same weight that X-Men, the animated series or Evolution carefully crafted, 
it's just been a really long draw and it's 25 episodes where those other TV shows were like 10 Mm -hmm. and it's like even X-Men 97 is going to be like 10 episodes and X-Men the animated series would be like short and concise and like goofy at times and like trying to pack a lot in per episode but I also felt like there were times that we were watching X-Men the animated series and feeling like really emotionally reactive to the things that were happening where like every single episode of this with the exception of Warren getting his wings ripped out which was extremely fucked up mm-hmm. and also the pilot we really liked the three part pilot but that didn't that didn't like instigate an emotional reaction do you know what i'm saying like we there's no character development on this show at all mm-hmm. like there's none like we have no it's all relying on you knowing these characters from the movies and from previous animated series or even the comics it's it really is resting on the laurels of marvel as an existing yeah. property at this point which is kind of sad cuz I feel like they deserve to do more with these characters sure. than just sort of move them around like action figures and be like, well, now they're doing Sentinels. Okay, now they're doing Phoenix. I, it's it's just kind of going through the motions. It's like, did they play Cards Against Humanity, but with just like the names <laughs> of X-Men plot points and characters, and that's how they okay, decided that what was going to go in there? <laughs> um, That sounds like a great game. Well, I don't know it's, why you, of... you came up with that, but I think we There's should no make that commercial game. for that this week. I can let you know now. <laughs> that's not where it came from, but that's how I feel about it. And it's just, it's so many episodes and it's like, yeah, we see these cameos of characters that we love, but literally nothing is introduced on this show. So like if we didn't have the knowledge of the X-Men, which we've explained for listeners on here, like this is where they're drawing this from. You'd be like, what the fuck is happening? Like what the actual fuck is happening? Especially now. Yeah. Like especially these last few episodes. But when they're introducing like whole new plot points, I'm like, the show's over, dude. Like, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, like the series is over. And I know they thought they were going to get a season two, but like they're trying to pay off plot lines as though they had been built up, but they haven't been. So it just feels maddening i i mean we've said this every week but this episode i it was hard for me to even get excited about the hellfire club stuff partly because the magneto stuff is so stupid that i just was mad at it but then the hellfire club stuff is actually pretty cool it's just that as we keep saying it hasn't been previously introduced or foreshadowed or foregrounded at all it's just suddenly all these new characters are here And we don't know them. So it's hard to care about Shaw betraying Emma, which I predicted would happen. But the reason why I predicted it is because it's so cliche. It's like already just so moving the action figures around, you know, like it's like everything is just by the beats according to what you think (laughs) is going to happen. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's not interesting. I I think Shaw has maybe three lines where he's introduced before he betrays Emma. And we're like, it's like nothing he's like hello i'm sebastian shaw my purpose in the story is to portray emma frost and it's like credits like that's it like i don't like it's not it's uh, it's a tough one but but all that said i do understand why someone would like this show because if you i mean everybody's been listening all along there are some really great moments on this show that are hilarious or are emotionally resonant it's just that they don't all tie together to be cohesive in the way that X-Men TAS had a really coherent tone the whole time and it had a really good balance between serious and jokes and X-Men Evolution had a really super different tone but it was also really consistent this show 
I never really know what its overarching thing is. You know, like it's like, is this a funny show? Is this a kid's show? Is this an adult show? Is this a political show? Is this just <laughs> recreating comic book storylines? Or is this a show where Wolverine and Mystique are dating? Like, I, I don't ever know <laughs> yeah, my favorite. where I am or like what's happening. My favorite pairing, Mystique and Logan. Well, it's like, <laughs> is are they coming up with completely new storylines or are they just aping the movies, except they're also not because they're doing completely different stuff i don't know it's it's just so it's a grab bag of x-men shit and it just reminds me of the time period when x-men comics were getting worse because like the fox films were spiraling this show was spiraling it's just like we're entering that zone in this in this time period right now and this show is really evidence of that for me you know i I agree and it's unfortunate because i actually do think there is a lot of talent on this team that i typically enjoy and respect absolutely and i think they were given like this ridiculously challenging project that Mm -hmm. really makes no kind of sense because i mean it was some marketing department that didn't know what they were doing and handing them this and be like okay right now wolverine is in baby because we're doing x-men origins wolverine x-men's one and two were really successful and even though x-men three was kind of bad we see that it made a profit because everybody went to it hoping that the phoenix saga would be good even though it wasn't Mm -hmm. and so now we're going to play upon hugh jackman's success and we need a show that's about wolverine essentially and we're you need to do 25 episodes on it but then also the x-men need to be there in the background which is like a really fucking hard show to do and like Mm -hmm. you know you talked about it like taking out scott gene and xavier in the way that they did was the only way they could manage it but then what is logan's relationships with these people like with kitty or aurora who he has like a strong connection with not on this show beast i think i feel like him and beast are the only ones that even communicate at all in the show and even then it's like it's kind of flirty but like we still don't know anything about their relationship mm-hmm. I think the most we get is like him and Rogue because Rogue's the one pissy being like none of this makes any fucking sense and I feel like the writers were just like pouring their own emotions into Rogue being like <laughs> what do we do <laughs> so. yeah I know I also am now realizing that probably getting ready for the live action Days of Future Past is the reason why Bishop and his whole storyline is in here because they were that's probably like gearing up for that. I mean, I love that storyline. But that stuff was good. Well, yeah, I'm just saying, I feel like this show in so many ways is just an echo of what the live action movies were either doing or were about to do. Yeah, I totally agree. And it's all just kind of like a weird advertisement for that, but like it doesn't make sense or like all work together as a cohesive story. And that's tough. You know what? You're totally right because this is the kind of thing that would happen in TV shows and like or a big movie that would come out in the 80s or the 90s and it would get like a spin-off show or whatever. Mm-hmm. But generally those were enjoyable even if they were bad because they were like too goofy or whatever. Like Conan was huge and then it gets like Conan the cartoon or whatever. And yeah. it's silly and dumb, but there's like a universe built in there and they don't try to introduce too much at once. Like that was just how it was back then. It's like everything got a cartoon or whatever. I just I don't know. There's something very different about this show. And I think we could sit here and we could talk about our grievances <laughs> over Wolverine and the X-Men before we even get to the wrap-up episode, or we could review this episode. I think for the sake of us not spending the next seven hours here being like, why did we watch this really lengthy episode about nothing? We can talk about the lengthy episode about nothing. <laughs> yeah, let's let's get to it. Previously on the X-Men. Well, oh my God, Xavier the whole and Logan. Show. <laughs> yeah, 
Xavier and Logan are talking about how they need to control Gene. That's Maddie's favorite plot. Emma and the entire Hellfire Club is here. And the Hellfire Club is like, we're so excited to get the Phoenix out of Gene. And <laughs> then there's a whole other plot line where Mystique turns into Senator Kelly and she orders the Sentinels to attack Genosha. Why? I don't know. Just because. <laughs> um, and the Sentinels... On their way to Genosha, the X-Men try to intercept them and fail hilariously and miserably. Like, they basically bump into the Sentinels, and that <laughs> yeah. causes every X-Man to, to be on the brink out. of death in this episode. Like, everyone is almost <laughs> dead. I don't know when that happens. It's so funny. Like, even Logan is, like, barely conscious, <laughs> and he is, like, almost taken in by a bunch of MRDs later in, in when they discover him. Well, they all are. They all are. It's like what, every single character gets kidnapped because all of them have been knocked out by, like, one Sentinel shrugging at them. Okay, I'm going to point out this is the previously on the X-Men, which is also the scenes that are going to repeat themselves at the beginning of this episode, (laughs) where they reanimate the Sentinels flying for a really long time to Genosha over the ocean. And then there's like a separate really long scene of helicopters flying over the X-Jet and like individual shots of all the X-Men taking little naps dramatically. (laughs) Like there's one of Logan where he's asleep, but then gets up and he goes, oh, and then it goes back to sleep and then it cuts away. And it's like... I know. I couldn't believe that. I was like, are we in the flashback? No, we're just watching the exact same scenes again, but like animated in a different way before we get the intro. We animated it from the left before. Now we're going to animate it from the right. <laughs> yeah. Um. The only other thing in previously on is, um. oh, well, there's two more things. One is Xavier getting kidnapped by Master Mold in the future. And uh, she's making him kill all the mutants everywhere. With his brain. Yeah. I, whatever. And then in the present day, Wanda goes to her dad and she's like, dad, why are you using the Sentinels to attack Genosha? Because didn't Xavier just show you that vision of how the Sentinels are going to destroy all life, mutant and human? And Magneto's like, it's fine. And then that's it. That's like the end of their conversation. (laughs) I'm just like, at no point in this episode is Magneto justifying his decision to use the Sentinels as his own personal weapons against his own people and humans. Like, it's just a thing he does, you know? I mean, that's not true. He does come up with a couple reasons. He he gives, like, three different reasons in this episode, and all three of them contradict each other. Like, he's just coming up with a different <laughs> reason per scene, and it's very strange to me. It is strange. Like, at one point, he's going to be like, well, I needed all the mutants here to unify and fight against the humans, so that's yeah. why I'm attacking them. But then that doesn't yep. work. He's like, well, also, it's because if we don't do this and make this attack happen, we can't go to war with the humans and show them we're the superior race. And then, like, the other mm-hmm. reason is him being like... The humans would attack us anyway. I'm like, I was like, Magneto... None of these things are things that Magneto would do, by the way. This is not... I know. It's like maybe Magneto in the Silver Age when he's, like, stealing nukes. Not a character yet. Yeah, yeah. Right? <laughs> And he's just, like, sort of a, a parody of a villain. I mean, it's Silver Age is, is all really, really simple stuff. Um, But by this point, I mean, it's the 2000s. Magneto is a much more complex character. It's just bizarre to see him depicted in this way. Uh, yeah, it's hard for us because we love Magneto so much on this show. And I also love him in the live action movies, which is nominally what they're imitating here. <laughs> I mean, the voice actor. The voice actor is imitating is 100% Ian McKellen. being like, 
Hello, I am Ian McKellen. I can't even do Ian. Uh, he's doing I a great job. I am not Ian McKellen at all. None I of us are. I can't do it. But this voice actor is killing it. And But the lines they're having him say are just so silly, where he's just like, well, I believe in mutant supremacy, and that means some mutants need to die. And I'm like, you would never say this. You got the voice down. <laughs> you could play Magneto in the next X-Men 97 TV show. Great. Um, I will definitely apply for that job. It's okay. not like they didn't argue already recast the guy who played Magneto the first time and everything's already been recorded. That's definitely not what happened. So then we get to see the opening credits. And after that, we go to the Hellfire Club, the Hellfire Clubhouse. It's just like another mansion that the Hellfire Club is in. It's really funny how many mansions there are on this show. So many, so many mansions. And so Jean is now facing off with the Hellfire Club who she's just met seconds have passed and she starts yelling that she wants to see Professor X. Right. And Emma is like, Gene, I told you, he's in a coma. He can't help you. And Gene is just like, whatever. I'm going to fucking talk to him in my mind and I'll see (laughs) if he's in a coma or not. And she just starts stomping off. And Emma sort of falls after her and is like, Gene, please listen. If we don't do this now, we may not get another chance. And Gene is just like, I love Daddy Xavier and I won't do anything without him. Goodbye. And she's like, keeps stomping away. And Emma looks sort of annoyed for a second. And then she kind of looks over at Shaw, who just nods his head at her like, just kill her. <laughs> not really kill <laughs> yeah, right. her. But like, just knock her out. So so then with the help of the cuckoos, Emma knocks Jean out and the cuckoos pick her up and carry her into this weird room that's like all stone and they put her on this like stone circle. Yeah, it's got the phoenix symbol on it because, of you course. know. Of course. This is where they're going to do the ritual, I guess. But obviously it doesn't. I mean, this is the next. This is the moment where Shaw is like, and now for my line where I betray you. (laughs) Okay, he actually, he doesn't say it yet. He says it in the next scene. I'm wrong. Uh, We're pretty close, though. (laughs) Well, Celine is the one who's like, what the fuck are you doing, bitch? But I was going to (laughs) say... For the record, before we even get to Celine, Celine's hilarious. I love her in this. I love Celine as a character anyway. She's basically like, I don't know. She's like a He-Man character. Like, she's so funny. I mean, she really is. She definitely has some like Evelyn vibes going on here. She does. Which is also her energy in the comic books, too. But what I was going to say is that I actually think that the plot concept they have for the Hellfire Club and the Phoenix works really well. And especially in terms of how they could put these characters into the MCU, I think they should actually borrow the concept here because Mm -hmm. it's fun even with emma and like having her be sort of on the wrong side but thinking that she's doing it for the right reason because i don't think that they can go down the direction of the actual 80s where it's like emma is like fucked up and violently torturing people because she's like so strung out on cocaine which is like (laughs) i kind of like this version better it makes things easier to deal with than like emma killing firestar's horse yeah anyway so emma and shaw have this little discussion about how there are some mental barriers inside of gene's mind yeah and shaw has this very weird voice acting performance by the way where he like (laughs) talks really quietly did you notice this like he talks like his mouth is wired shut like he's like how many barriers yeah he did he is doing that he's kind of doing this like low budget version of bane (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah he's he's talking through a voice mask he's like Mr. Wayne, how many barriers are in Jean's mind? Okay, first of all, Emma's like, this is not as simple as I had hoped. And Sean's like, 
and Emma's like, <laughs> and I'm like turning up the volume. Like, what is <laughs> you need to put on the closed captions. Yeah. Emma's like, we must now trick Jean into removing the mental barriers herself. And Shaw's like, how many of them are in place? <laughs> Emma says, I won't know until I'm inside. Even then, I may not be able to find them all. And then Celine's like, why is it, Emma, that Jean must remove them? Are you incapable of doing it yourself? <laughs> <laughs> Emma is like, shut the fuck up, Celine. <laughs> well, she says a weird line. It's just that Xavier put them in, and it's and Xavier's really annoying, so the barriers are really annoying, and it's just gonna be <laughs> like a whole thing. And so she like gets the cuckoos over and she's like, girls, I'm gonna need your help. Let's like head into Jean's mind and do this shit. And inside Jean's mind, Jean Grey is dressed like X-Men Evolution Rogue. <laughs> Did you notice this? Because I was like, why is she wearing that outfit? Just because it's green, I guess. Well, that's her same outfit that she's been wearing. She's been wearing a long sleeve green shirt the whole time. Maybe I have just forgotten because she's been wearing this like red Phoenix gown, which again is pulled from X-Men 3. Like everything mm-hmm. on this in this cartoon, I feel like is so influenced by X-Men 3, the famously worst X-Men film. (laughs) (laughs) Well, actually, no, X-Men Origins. Okay, this TV show is X-Men Origins Wolverine fucking X-Men 3 and having a baby and it's this show and it's very strange. It's real weird. It's real weird. So here's what's on the inside of Jean's mind. It's literal huge doorways, like Kingdom Hearts style, like door to the light style. But instead of Mickey Mouse, it's fucking Xavier in a chair rolling up being like, hey, Jean, I'm not suspicious at all. And I'm definitely not Emma Frost in disguise. Um, And Jean's like, like, I'm so glad to see you, Professor. And Jean is like, so I met this woman, Emma, and she's telling me that I need to open all these doors to the Phoenix. And Xavier's like... Yeah, so I know I told you to never open those doors, but here's the thing. I do need you to open them now. And Gene is like, wait, what? And he's like, yeah, 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 yeah. It's going to be great when you open them. It's really funny. It is pretty funny. He's like, take me to the next door. So apparently there's doors throughout all of her memories, but we only get to see like two of them. And Mm -hmm. this is actually a really cool scene where Gene walks past Xavier. And then as she passes him, on the other side, it's Emma sitting in the chair, yep. which I actually really like. They do some cool animation things here that I do appreciate because they go to Jean's house next and there's going to be a lot of lightning where it like quickly reveals who they really are. And I I did enjoy that. But in mm-hmm. there, where they're like heading towards her house, we suddenly hear Scott going, Jean, 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 Jean. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, oh, dear And Lord. Emma is like, Christ, now this is happening? Like, this is a whole other thing that we need to worry about now. Like, Scott got knocked out by the Sentinels and the X-Jet, so he's screaming Jean's name alone in the X-Jet, which is hilarious. Which is funny. We get another shot, by the way, of all the X-Men asleep in the Blackbird, but that's the whole scene. We don't see anything else happen there. Like, the Ember-G are there, and they're asleep. And then it goes back to Jean. And so Jean starts screaming, Scott, where are you? And, like, walking away from Emma in disguise. And Emma is just like, God damn it. And... Ryan's right. So there's all these lightning flashes, which are really cool. Like it shows like the cuckoos in the background flashing in and out as the lightning is striking. And there's like thunder claps in the background. It's kind of like a horror movie for a second. It's really cool. It is really cool. I really enjoyed that part. Mm hmm. So then one of the cuckoos impersonates Scott really quick and she's like, it's all good, Gene. I'm fine. And Gene kind of looks at him and then sees the lightning flash and sees that it's a cuckoo and not Scott. And then it flashes back into Scott again. And she's like, wait a minute. 
this isn't right. And she like starts waking up in the real world and like Emma gets thrown to the ground by like a psychic pulse, probably of Jean, like defending herself. I think they all do fall down. Yeah. And Emma gets up. She's like, okay. Uh, her stupid <laughs> nonsense between Jean and Scott's happening right now where their psychic link is forcing them to scream each other's names. And Shaw's like, all right, sever it. And Emma's like, okay, well, the psychic link is too strong. And she's like, if there's really an issue, I must go alleviate the problem. She just wants to go like play handsy. Save with Scott. Scott. Right. Yeah, she's like, well, so Scott actually is probably in danger, and I did see that in Jean's mind, so I'm just going to quickly save him. And Celine walks up like, oh really my God. She's, she's like, like, oh, I see. You're as worried about Scott Summers as she is. And it's just like, <laughs> always talking in that voice. Uh, there's like a huge chunk of dialogue here too, which is all in these crazy voices where Emma's like, are you questioning <laughs> my loyalty, Celine?" And Celine's like, yes, the X-Men <laughs> have no further use to us. We should have eliminated them when Cerebro was taken. And Emma's like, so what? We're assassins now? And Shaw's like, gear if you must, Emma. The cuckoos can, can take care of this while you are gone. And this doesn't make any sense because then Emma's like, and what about that little firestorm waiting for us on their side? I'm like, so wait, Emma wants to leave, but also doesn't want them to like do anything while she's gone, but also like right. wants to stay. I think because she once all the doors are open, the Phoenix Force will be at the end of it. And Emma wants to help contain it and then like release it into the atmosphere. Well, I guess we don't really know. So then Shaw says, well, because this is where Shaw finally betrays her because Shaw is like the cuckoos can contain it. And Emma's like, contain it. What are you talking about? We're destroying it. And Shaw just goes, those plans have. Evolved. <laughs> Emma's like, Sebastian, you can't control the Phoenix. No one can. And he's like, ah, but I believe it wants to be controlled, Emma. This is what I wrote down. Shaw says, I think it wants to be controlled, Emma. All women want to be controlled by exactly. a man like me. And it's been exactly. searching its whole life for a telepath who can handle its power and me. Absolutely. I, that was definitely the message that I got from this, I which I don't too. I don't hate. I thought no, that was fun. I think, I it's just that like good. it hasn't been built up at all. So I'm just like. I mean, I already knew Shaw was going to betray everyone. Like, it's just everything's by the books. Yeah, I know. By the way, she asks Leland and Pierce for their opinions, but they have no lines for this entire episode. They just kind of look away silently. Right. Well, because they couldn't come up with any more funny voices to do. So they were like, we can't have them talk. But then Celine <laughs> steps in front of her. She's like, do you all agree with this? And Celine goes, we do. And before you fell in love with the X-Men, you would have as well. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> and it's like, why does Celine think that? I actually don't think Emma would have been in favor of this. I mean, okay, see, this is what I'm talking about, is that the Hellfire Club needed to be here throughout the season, so she could have been, like, going back and forth, and so we would have mm -hmm. seen that there was some sort of possible potential double-crossing going on, so we could see yep. Celine questioning Emma's motives and being like, yep. why is she spending so much time there when she could be here, you know? Like, I mean, mm -hmm. Celine is always there to stir up drama, but, like, I don't know, like, it's not working here. It's like, She's just a no-named He-Man villain in the corner. Yeah, and I feel like this would be so much more fun if it, like, showed Shaw's downfall, where, like, he personally starts being like, what if we tried to use the Phoenix to our own ends? And then he, like, had to convince each of the members in turn, and then Emma was the last person that he couldn't convince. Yeah. Like, that would be interesting, but they don't show us any of that, and instead, we're here at the end where Shaw and Celine are like, yeah, we all already agreed we want to harness the Phoenix for our own ends. Yeah, we're in the second-to-last episode, and Shaw is introduced he walks in and he's like, I'm Shaw. We're going to control the Phoenix for us. Just kidding. When you leave, we're not going to do that. And I was like, who are you? Yeah. Like, I know who you are. But if you're a random watcher, you'd be like, what's happening? Yeah. He, he does have like a bitchy line. He's like, 
we're confident that five telepaths can succeed where one fails. And it's like, wow, damn. Also, why are the cuckoos siding with him? They're just kind of presented as like... I don't know. The cuckoos... Without any agency or character at all in this. Yeah, it's very strange because the cuckoos are supposed to be like Emma because they're clones yeah. of Emma. Yeah. And they, so why don't they agree with her? Like they just instantly defend Shaw. I completely agreed with you. I was like, this makes no fucking sense. What are we doing here? Like, <laughs> yeah. They're yeah. truly just the Stepford wives at this point. They really and so are. So Emma's like, you are all fools. And if I'm not here to lead this, the Phoenix will consume those girls just like it would have with Jean. I implore you, please don't do anything until I return. And Shaw goes you have one hour and Emma doesn't even leave the room before he goes let's proceed I was like I she's still fucking there like she's <laughs> barely stepped out the door and Shaw's like okay go ahead <laughs> it's like really funny it's not supposed to be funny but oh it is. my god but then we have one last scene before the commercial break and we do have a fun commercial break where we go back to the future and Xavier's mm-hmm. brain is still attached to this new Cerebro that Master Molt has created and Best role is like, thank you for giving me the location of every mutant. I'm going to kill you now. And then, you know, we have General Moss, who's now the Terminator, turns around and he goes to kill him. But who should finally fucking show up in the future is Wolverine. Yep. That's where it cuts out. And that's all you need to know. Now, first, we have a commercial break for the groundbreaking new board game called Clue X-Men Edition, where you play in the X-Mansion as Logan, Scott, Emma, Jean, Storm, Magneto to see who killed Xavier. And at the end, they determine it's better if he stays dead anyway. But I was playing with who's who and like, okay, well, Jean's Miss Scarlet. Mm -hmm. Scott has to be Professor plum logan has to be colonel mustard storms miss peacock emma's clearly miss white which leaves magneto to be mr greening but i was like who the fuck else would be mr green in this scenario i feel like magneto (laughs) has to be there and like i don't know so that is the game sure i don't know what the items are that you can bludgeon people with that they just have sitting around probably the butter dish is one of them Mm -hmm. you don't (laughs) think it would somehow involve people's powers or i mean i guess that's too obvious because not everyone could use each other's powers right well you can't do that and like if storm electrocuted xavier they'd be like they wouldn't have to play clue because they'd be like well storm electrocuted xavier he's clearly dead because he's been shocked death so they would have to use like a weapon <laughs> a candlestick or whatever yeah. yeah i don't know but it has to be like stupid shit from x-men that's why i'm like the butter dish or cerebro mm-hmm. somebody bludgeoned him to death a cerebro. <laughs> the cerebro helmet <laughs> yeah that makes total sense yeah you know how it goes or- somebody stabbed someone else with one of wolverine's broken off claws i don't know i do like that more than him's i forget the name of it the miramasa or whatever it's called the one that that sword that logan has oh, the sword the, the katana yeah the katana that would be a fun item as well. That would be a fun, fun item. Definitely. Yeah. Anyway, coming, it's coming to, I was going to say Toys R Us, but those don't exist anymore. So I guess you can get it at Target this Christmas season, everybody. Wow. Be on the lookout for it. <laughs> um. So after the commercial break, I was not expecting this. <laughs> Guess what? Okay, we have so more I characters. This, and I've been waiting this whole season for you to see it because I was 90% certain that you hadn't seen it, Maddie. And I was like, or remembered it. I think you did spoil this for me for what it's worth. Because I remember you being like... No, I said she is coming back, but I didn't say how many of them are coming Well, back. no, because I remember you saying that she had clones and you were like, it doesn't make sense. And I was like, well, that does make sense because she does have clones. She has like Gabby and stuff in the comics now. I mean... Oh, yeah, that's right. So, but that's not who it is. Well, 
I mean, it's a bunch of X-23 clones. It's like just a million Lauras are here. Well, there's four. There's four Lauras with Logan. I feel like it's hilarious to do this in a, in a show that just introduced the cuckoos. It's like, how many sets of clones <laughs> need to be on the show before we finally finish up the season? Like, I, I love Laura and the cuckoos are so fun, but I'm still like, what are you doing? Oh like, my you God, can't just know. introduce a bunch of clones and not explain it. And then in the next episode, introduce four more clones and Dear be like Lord, here are they Mr. Sinister clones if the final episode was Mr. Sinister bringing Madeline Pryor out if that would make about as much sense as anything else I wish she was in an animated show I bet she'll be in the next in 97 though Ooh, that would be fun I would like that alright anyway so there is a really sweet montage of the Loras destroying the Sentinels it's very long yes. but it's probably the most it's interesting fun, fight scene in this whole episode so take it while it lasts I really liked it yeah meanwhile Logan is walking really slowly <laughs> You <laughs> wrote that down too. I was like, he's like, all this shit's going on. General Moss is about to kill Xavier, and Moss is shooting Logan. He's walking really slowly and so slowly, slowly dodging the laser beams. And just like, I don't know why he's walking. I really, why is he taking his sweet ass time getting over to Xavier? Is my question. I have no answers. Okay. Also, he literally says, "Give me a second at one point. And I was like, Logan, why do we need to give you a second? Like, why are you walking so slowly? I don't know what's happening. It was so funny. Okay, but what's funny is that after the buildup of Colonel Moss on this whole fucking show, in the past, yes. like, this, is, this is bad writing right here. I'm oh, sorry. Yeah. It's I like, know, I know. It's, like, it's very anticlimactic. Literally... Like, he is a Terminator now, and he spent the entire show trying to kill mutants in the past and then assimilated himself with the Sentinel Borg. And he's, like, supposedly, like, one of the most dangerous characters on this show. And Logan literally just pushes him over into, like, an Empire Strikes Back, and he's just dead. Yeah. I was like... <laughs> in like one second like after his really long slow walk towards Moss when he finally gets there he just picks him up and like throws him off a platform and he's like well that was a long time coming and I'm like was it? You haven't even been here like who what? I do feel like Moss could have been one of the big bads on this show instead of Senator Kelly like I think yes. Senator Kelly needed to be a player in there along with Warren's dad I feel like if we rewrote the show it'd keep both those characters but have Moss be sort of like this big ongoing the, like, one who's out of control like the military figure who can't yeah. let go of the fight I think that would yeah. be really good and I would really enjoy that. But instead... But that's not what happens. And this is so hilariously anticlimactic to just have Logan, like, push him off a platform. I could not even believe that's how it went down. And then Logan frees Xavier, which also pissed me off. I'm like, just let him die. And... <laughs> Okay, also they like shake hands and like there's really no explanation for where Logan was, by the way. Like they just keep saying like, wow, Logan, I knew you were alive all along. Like people keep saying that to Logan and he's like, yep, I sure was. And I'm like, well, well why weren't you helping anyone? Like, where were you? I don't know. Oh my God. And Logan is like. So Bishop and everybody else shows up. Was it Xavier or Logan? No, it's Logan. He's like, I knew you'd be here at this point from the last time we talked or whatever. And I was like. Yeah, he's like, I knew you'd be at the Institute, like waking up by now, but I I got there too late, basically. And I was like, that is kind of classic Logan. He was like, not sure what time it was. Like, he's he had 20 years to prepare. No, he's like, I knew Xavier's going to wake up on this date, but I'm not going to make it in time. 
you know, have like 20 years to wait for this to happen. And yeah. it's like, oh, my God. I he guess, doesn't wear a watch and he won't ever wear a watch. What is time in the future? I don't think there's calendars or time anymore. It's probably endless at that point. Yeah. I mean, maybe he literally doesn't know what day it is yeah. or he just couldn't make it in time. But like, yeah, Charles has been apprehended. I kind of like this version where Logan just like showed up late because he was busy getting some groceries or something. Picking up all the Laura clones is really what he was doing. Like Bishop shows up and is like, hey, and like they make out and they're excited to be reunited. Oh, I did write that down too, is that they finally had that moment where they were able to make out. Mm -hmm. And Xavier's like, what happened? And Logan's like, last time we talked, Jean had been taken. And Logan says that he could get her back. And that everything went to war and it happened so fast. And Xavier goes, where was the flaw in our plan? And Logan turns to the camera and says, me. And I wrote, <laughs> it actually was you. It though. was though. You were the problem with this whole TV show. Yes. And I love Logan. He's one of my favorite X-Men, but this show is like not putting him. It's putting him in the wrong position constantly. Like he is given responsibilities that he can't do. And it's like, why are we doing this to him? Listen, I do think that could make for an interesting plot point because it does do some other cool things. Like it makes Scott be the rebellious, Mm -hmm. out of control character. I do like that. Yes, absolutely. I do like those pieces of it, but like. At this point, it didn't work because he also had Beast, Kitty, and Storm there who are all significantly better at leading a team than he is. So why wouldn't he just have one of them do it? I don't don't know. know. I don't know. But he can't because he's about to be in his big movie that's going to suck. That's true. I know. I think it already came out (laughs) at this point, but maybe I'm wrong. Um, So then we cut back to the present day and look at the the Sentinel factory, which right outside the X-Jet is sitting there having been destroyed within one second. And a bunch of soldiers are like carrying Wolverine out of the jet and handcuffing him. But Logan then wakes up and the soldiers start freaking out because he's awake and Logan pops his claws. And then the soldiers reveal this new gun that they have that also hasn't been foreshadowed and I don't know what the fuck it is. <laughs> it's like a mega it's just, it's just a fucking huge gun that fires this weird circle beam at Logan and like knocks him over and like... And Logan falls down. He's like circles! I'm allergic to those! I only like triangles! I don't know. <laughs> and then they like hit him another time and he falls down again. And then... Okay, did you notice when he fell down? He fell down like ass up in the ground. I was like, why <laughs> is he Logan. falling down doggy position? He is loves he, like, to do that. It's his favorite. I was like, is he waiting for the MRD to just come slide it on in. I don't know what's going on, but Logan needs to like realize that there's more important things. Mm-hmm. But who should save him? It's Emma. So Emma Frost pulls up in her white convertible and uses her powers to put everybody to sleep and like crash a bunch of trucks because everybody driving them goes to sleep, I guess. <laughs> and then she runs over and opens one of the trucks and Cyclops is inside and, she, and Scott is like, Emma, where have you been? And she's like, listen to me, Scott. I know where Jean is. I found her, but we must go now. You do? And, and Scott actually says, what about Logan? Which is a really sad line. Not that they spend any time focusing on it, but like. No, but it's cute because because it makes me think that he and Logan are fucking at this point because they've just assumed Gene has been dead this whole time. Yeah, but it also means, I guess, that Scott is worried that Gene is more interested in Logan or something. Like, it, it, they never actually say what this line means because there's no time for that. Like, they haven't done the love triangle at all on this show. There's no time for anything on this show because, I don't know. But they're spending it on other random shit. I don't know I, I, I don't know. And so Emma's basically like, Scott, she needs you. You're the only one who can save her. And we're almost out of time. So Emma and Scott jump into the convertible and drive away to which Hank suddenly bursts out of the truck and screams, what happened? That was so funny. Okay, so Hank like (laughs) slams out of a tank 
Like, he <laughs> is fully handcuffed and just uses the power of his jumping abilities and shoulders to <laughs> slam his way out of the top of a tank and just says, what happened? And it's so funny. And then I love Logan, Beast. Logan just takes off Beast's handcuffs and is like, it's Frost. She took off with Summers. I'll go after her. You check the others. And Hank is like, and the Sentinels? And Logan's like, they were launched from this facility, so maybe they can be called back. See what you can do, Hank. And then Logan, like, drives a tank to follow Emma. Well, we don't have time for anything to happen about for him to check this because inside Senator Kelly turns back into Mystique and she just does the Mystique thing where she destroys everything, all evidence. Yeah, yeah. she just destroys the control panel because I guess the Sentinels are on autopilot. So like, it's fine if that's destroyed. Like in a previous episode, the control panel being destroyed, destroyed the Sentinels. But in this episode, it doesn't. And I was like, okay, sure. I I truly don't understand what's happening. And then meanwhile, Magneto's like, Hanging out on Genosha, waiting for the Sentinels to show up. And he sees that Lorna is like out watering some flowers mm-hmm. because this is the only thing that Lorna does is spend time in this garden. Yeah. And then like wait on a balcony for Prince Charming to come save her. Mm-hmm. And Magneto gets her. It's just like this long, sad scene where he's like, Lorna, I need you to go inside and wait in your bedroom for like ever and you can't come <laughs> out. And Lorna's like, wait, why? And he's like, don't worry about it. Um, Genosha's going to be spreading its borders and mutants all over the world will be free. But I do need you to stay inside for like the whole time. And she's like, okay, cool. And it's like, why aren't you suspicious of this, Lorna? Like all of your character development has now disappeared and you're a little lost princess again. Like, I don't understand this. Shouldn't she be trying to leave? Whatever. It's fine. Yeah. I I have no idea. She's just like, it's whatever rebelliousness that she had in those previous episodes are now gone. And she's just like stupid and vapid again. And I'm like, oh, cool. Yeah. And she's just going to stand there and like not be a part of the rest of the episode. Yeah. So then we see the Sentinels and now they're here to murder people. And they just start murdering everybody. They murder all these mutants and we get to see it happen. And it's pretty horrifying. And Magneto looks sad. And I was like, well, what the fuck did you expect was going to happen? <laughs> I know. You like had these fucking robots programmed to kill mutants come to your island voluntarily and sh- like kill them all. And he's like, "Wait, this is really sad." And it's like Magneto, <laughs> why would why would Magneto do this? He's a survivor of the Holocaust. Why I know. Would, it's like it's completely that doesn't make any fucking absurd sense. I'm that sorry. he would allow this it to happen. Not makes sense. Why wouldn't he stop the Sentinels as soon as they arrived and be like, know. "How dare you?" Anyway, whatever. It's I don't know. First, the, we have a commercial break for. Uh, Wolverine's favorite beer of all time, Bub and Bub Light. Because we know that Logan doesn't drink expensive beer. That's he right. gets the lowest end beer possible. And chase like water. Yeah, I know. He's like, he's like, yeah, my healing factor makes it so I don't get drunk. Uh, and it's like, no, because you're drinking like shitty watered down beer. And he's like, Bub Light, everybody. Okay. If you buy it at the bar, everybody makes fun of you. They're like, you're drinking a Bub Light, you bitch. Yeah, because it's like the most watery, tasteless beer that exists. And it, it has like an alcohol content of like 2% or something. I don't know. It's like not even anything. It's garbage. But what if Bub Light tastes really good? That well, would be great. You know, it could be. It tastes like Logan's sweat. Gross. Gross. Anyway, uh, back at the Sentinel base, Logan <laughs> is screaming into a headset being like, hey, Hank, are you there? Hey, hey, the Sentinel base. What's going on the Sentinel? I like how he's screaming about the Sentinel, but they said clearly blew up. And yep. like, you could see that it's been blown up and it's like, okay, whatever. Yeah, which honestly you could see from the outside too, by the way. Like the whole building was wrecked because the Sentinel smashed through the ceiling. So like, you know, I don't know why they thought anything was going to be intact in there. 
which it's not. Who knows? This show doesn't make so sense. But Logan's busy using his smell of vision to see where Scott and Emma had been driving around like Fast and the Furious style. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, so this is happening now. Uh, and so then we go back to Genosha and it's this is a horrifying scene where like people are literally screaming and dying. Mm-hmm. There's like a shot of Sammy with his mom crying and hiding behind a pillar before they die. And I was like, but that what? shot is from Xavier's vision. The one where he's like, I saw the Phoenix fires in the sky. That was why I was like, is the Phoenix going to show up? Hey, uh, no, 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 no. I don't think that's what was going to happen. I think that Xavier misinterpreted that the Phoenix fire was yeah, from the sky. It, has it was to actually be. the Sentinel. Because Xavier just fucking decides things. He's I like, know. I saw fire. Therefore, it's Gene. Kill Gene. And it's like, <laughs> dude, it could have been any of number of things that could have happened, but okay. Pretty much. Anyway, so yeah, you're right. It's really sad. Magneto is busy looking sad about this. And Wanda stomps up to him and she's like, why aren't you stopping this shit? Like, what are you waiting for? <laughs> and then this is where Magneto says one of his many lines that I don't think makes any sense. Make no sense. Which is, yeah. the one thing Genosha needs in order to triumph, unity. Some mutants refuse to fight alongside our brothers and sisters. But this unprovoked attack is just the motivation they need. And like, okay, you're right at the beginning of this episode when you were like, well, that's one motivation. But like, then I, I don't know. So, Why are you murdering them? I don't know. And Wanda points that out. She's like, I can't believe you're willing to sacrifice lives. And Magneto goes, if the loss of a few mutants will ensure our rightful place in this world, then yes, I'll make that sacrifice. At which point I just wrote Magneto would never do that. Like he would never sacrifice any yeah. mutant lives for any reason. That's like not his deal. He'll sacrifice human lives. Sure. He's yeah, down absolutely. For that. But he would not sacrifice mutant lives. And Wanda goes, it's all been a lie, has it a means to an end we're a target for the humans so you could retaliate which by the way i watched that twice i was like what i don't know what that means (laughs) like honestly i don't really know what she's saying there like i don't know i think she's saying that he just wanted to go to war and he doesn't really care how or why but that's like a different separate motivation i read it more as wanda saying that we're only a target for the humans because you want them to attack us. That's what I read that okay, as. Okay, sure. Yeah, okay. And that she sees that Genosha, she thinks that Genosha has all been like a big to-do to get the humans to attack them right. so he could fight them back I because see. all he wants to do is like slaughter people for funsies. I mean, apparently so. Well, yeah. I, maybe not because then Magnus is like, Genosha is everything to me. But like a seedling in a clay pot, it must be broken free in order to grow. And one is like, Shut the fuck up. <laughs> yeah. She's like, it's one thing to defend ourselves. It's another to attack our own people, which I think was supposed to be thematically linked to the thing where there were the two jails, which I think would have made a lot more sense if Magneto was executing people, like if he was doing the death penalty or something. I don't even know if that's the case. I was not thinking about those two jails anymore. Well, I've because been, like, I, <laughs> I was just trying to connect something to something else, but like I don't think it works. I don't think there's anything connected here. It just seems like, I don't know, we took some dice and threw it and decided that's what was going to happen. So Wanda storms off. She's yep. done. Mm-hmm. And then we go back to the future. Uh, Bishop is just finishing making out with Logan real quick. Yep. And Domino and Berserker are also here. And Domino says that there's nobody else. It's just them. And there's two others that are MIA. That's right. And Bishop's like, 
Bishus does ask the question. He's like, uh, so what the fuck is up with all these Loras? And Logan's like, <laughs> oh, you know, I found them on ice at a Weapon X facility. Anyway. And I it's like, like how okay. it's barely explained at all. I mean, it's like, yeah, that's about as much introduction as they need. But I do like that Bishop is like, uh, what the fuck is this shit? Yeah, he's like, so you have a bunch of kids around you now? And Logan's just like shrugging. Do you like the part where the door opens and Vanisher's standing there and Laura is like, all the Loras are about to slice him up and mm-hmm. Logan's like, oh, you could stand down and Vanisher's like, well, this explains why all the Sentinels were cut to pieces outside. <laughs> and then Bishop's like, where have you been? And Vanisher's like, on the run. Mero and I managed to escape. And Bishop's like, Mero, Mero, where is she? And Vanisher's like, regrettably, she is the one who betrayed us. She has now disappeared. And Bishop's like, I can't believe she gave us up. And I was like, I can. <laughs> I so mean, I can know why she did everyone it. else. Yeah, I mean, it kind of makes sense. But it is sad. But it's also like... You're kind well, of all being shitty towards her. And yeah. then she lost her only friend, which was the big iron giant. Yeah, she was definitely like the most vulnerable member of your team in terms of being potentially convinced to... I wonder if she comes back in the last episode. I really don't remember. Yeah, I don't know. I have no idea. I Maybe I'm sure they were going to put her in season two, but... I don't know. Probably. Who knows what's going to happen? But then Logan asks if Xavier's been able to get over to save point. And Xavier's <laughs> like, no, but now the Sentinels know the location of all the mutants on the planet. And Bishop's like, well, let's go fuck up Master Mold. But where is she? And magically, yeah. Logan says he knows. Why? And I was like, okay. Because they didn't have time to fucking... <laughs> They didn't have time to build up to this. This the big reveals that Logan this whole time has been hunting Master Mold down, but we didn't see any of it. Also, why would Logan be the one who would find that information? That's not something Logan would figure out. This is not. Sorry, my dog's freaking out. She's like, What's the matter? He's <laughs> just screaming into Aww, the night. She's coming over to Aww, like she's make worried. me calm down. Yeah, pretty. <laughs> she's much. like worried about you. She's like. Oh my God, dad, are you okay? I have a great dog. She is very <laughs> responsible. Cause she's like, are you having an anxiety attack? I'm like, no, it's not that. <laughs> You're just screaming that Logan, how did Logan find Master Mold? We don't find out. We, I have no idea how or why he would have found that information out. It's just like this deus ex machina plops down, pops his claws and is like, time to kill Master Mold. Like, I don't understand this. It's, I don't know. But then we go back to the Hellfire Club where Emma pulls up with Scott. Sure, because let's check in on the phoenix how's that going you know it's just- and she turns into a diamond form and scott's like why are you doing that because you won't be able to use your telepathy and she says uh because they'll drop them the second they walk into the door if they don't do otherwise and i don't really understand what the deal is maybe because she'll be diamond so they can't hurt her if he stands behind her they'll both be fine i guess except then that's not what they do <laughs> they had walked in normally but they don't because while the cuckoos are restraining gene scott blows up the door because it doesn't i why can't scott just use doorknobs i don't know him and logan like they're just incapable of using doorknobs at all times it's really frustrating i feel bad for whoever has to repair all the doors in the x mansion especially when scott and logan are both there <laughs> he's just like constantly cutting x's into every door or blowing them up it must be forged just constantly like making new doors all day long like unfortunately for forge but who else is gonna do that shit yeah you know i don't know i don't know so then they blow open the door and celine just goes i knew she would betray us <laughs> which is funny and scott shoots the celine but she like quickly dodges it and donald pierce is like hiding behind a pillar and somehow he shoots at emma and even though she's in diamond form she falls down which annoyed me i don't know why that worked 
left. <laughs> this whole scene didn't make any sense. All right. It really doesn't. So Scott shoots at Piers and then turns around and shoots at Shaw, who obviously just absorbs it <laughs> and then like throws a candelabra at Scott, which like knocks him down. <laughs> Wait, I like, I really love the fact that Scott shot Shaw, but Shaw absorbed that power, didn't shoot it back at him, and just instead picked up a candelabra and threw it at Scott. Yeah, which I was like, knocked why? him over. I, like, <laughs> I mean, I guess he has super strength, so he could still do that, but it's so weird. I guess, but Selene's like down on the ground, like now sucking the life force out of Scott. Mm-hmm. Emma knocks out Leland with her telepathy. Yeah, Leland is making sure that Scott stays down with his powers. Right. And so Celine can use her, her vampire sucking powers, vampire, psychic vampire powers. Okay, there's this really funny scene where Emma goes to attack Shaw, but the cuckoo's block her because these version of the cuckoos hate Emma, apparently. Yeah, apparently. And Shaw's like, now go back into our diamond form. And I was like, oh, you'll do what? And Selene's like, or I'll drain every last ounce of his precious life. And we see like Celine's like down on the ground, tits out in Scott's face. And she's like seductively sucking the life out of him and like making this crazy vampire face. Okay, they both are making crazy faces. And I was like, I can't tell if Scott is orgasming or screaming. I don't, this is so like sexual suddenly. It's wild. Emma does turn back to Diamond, sadly. Yeah, she's just like, okay, I'm tapping out, I guess. We don't see them for the rest of the episode. That's that. Uh, so then we go back to Genosha where the Sentinels are still attacking them. And this is like where it's like, this doesn't make any sense because now Maggie is like, foolish humans building an army of metal men <laughs> to attack the master of magnetism. And it's like, but you did this. You did it. You did it. You turned them on and brought them here. So you don't get to say foolish humans anymore. Like, I'm sorry. You just killed a country full of your own people. Something Magneto would never do after the Holocaust. I know. My mind is fucking blown. So Magneto picks up the Sentinels and they kind of did this in Days of Future Past also where he rips open their brains. Yeah, which was a honestly a better moment where he like uses the Sentinels to his own ends and like takes yeah. the microchips and like, and, like reverses them. them. So- now they're programmed to kill humans. They have that big switch inside of their microchips that just says mutant right. and human. And he just flips the switch really <laughs> quick. <laughs> it's like, oh, oh great. My God. Okay. The future is like, cheer up, sis. The humans were going to attack us sooner or later. Anyway, I don't know why this is Pietro's voice now. Uh, <laughs> Wanda's like, you don't know that. And Pietro's like, just because Kelly got cold feet doesn't mean others won't. Anyway, father and I just took out the guesswork. And she's like, father and you, you mean nothing to him. And he's like, do I detect a hint of jealousy? And it's like, <laughs> Pietro is a tragic character in so many yeah, ways. It's really tragic at the end of this scene. I know. Because he's basically like, now I'm daddy's favorite. And my at the end is basically like, no. I fucking still can't stand you, which is really sad. <laughs> So Magneto's like, Wanda, once the Sentinels have cleared the way, get ready to transport our armies. And Wanda's like, why don't you give that job to Pietro? And Pietro's like, yeah, dad, I'll take care of it. Zing, zing. (laughs) And Magneto's like, Wanda, you've stood by my side this long. Don't abandon me now. You're the only one I can count on. And he says this right in front of Pietro, which Mm -hmm. is really sad. I know. And then Pietro goes, so do you want me to prepare the troops? And Magneto goes, no. Wanda has walked away without responding to her dad, by the way. She's just gone. Yeah, she's just done. She's bye. Yep. Magneto goes, no, you're just going to convince your sister to come to her senses. And Pietro's just looks really fucking sad now that he cannot please Magneto. Ever. And he never all. will. It's like, God, just 
abuse on abuse from this tragic version of Magneto. It's very sad. Yeah. I mean, it is kind of typical Magneto family tree shit. Uh, but, <laughs> you you know, know, I think this show did a good job of portraying how fucked up and weird their family is on yes. so many levels. Yeah. Anyway, so... Pietro's sad and Magneto is now riding the Sentinels like he's the fucking Silver Surfer. And we cut to like a city. Could be New York, could be Washington, D.C. or Seattle or Babel. Who the fuck knows? It's not like we were given any indication on where the hell they are. They're in Gotham for all I care. And the Sentinels fly in and immediately start killing all the humans. Yep. And it's kind of terrifying. It is. And this is to be continued. So that's that of this fucking episode of nonsense. I guess... The only thing that ended up happening in the long run is that now the Sentinels have reversed and now they're killing humans. But like, like all that other stuff, I guess uh, Sebastian Shaw betrayed Mm -hmm. Emma. Are those yeah. the two plot points? Yeah, those are the two plot points. I, I still don't think that Magneto's entire arc here makes any sense tactically. Like, I don't see what his end goal is, really, because now the Sentinels are just going to kill all humans. Uh, and he's only got 15 of them. He should have waited longer if he wanted a Sentinel army. Like, what? He just killed a lot of his own people who have powers. Like, it just, like, it makes no sense at all. Like, if he wants to wage war on humans, isn't there a better way to do it than this? And also, yeah. humans outnumber mutants by, like, billions? Isn't that going to be an issue? <laughs> it is going to be an issue. And if you want to kill humans, you may as well just play Destroy All Humans the game, and that will teach you everything you need to know, right? Listen. Be an alien with some lasers. <laughs> We're not in a commercial break right now. We don't need to talk about board games. Magneto gets his own game called Kill All Humans. Oh, my Good God. Time. Okay, that would also be great. But I, this version of Magneto, I'm just like, why are you doing this, man? Like, it's, it's not going to work. Like, eventually, it's... Just going to fall to pieces. Okay, I think ultimately what they were trying to do is that Magneto wanted to show the humans what it's like to have these giant robots hunting them. Sure. And be like, this is what it feels like for us every day. But instead of just like doing, doing that. that <laughs> like, he, like one of the things I actually really enjoyed about Days of Future Past is that Magneto did do that. Mm-hmm. And he did program to do those things. And he made a point on TV to be like, hey. I've reprogrammed these Sentinels and they could kill you all because this is what you've been doing to us is just slaughtering us. Mm-hmm. But am I actually going to do it? Yeah. And and he kind of like sits there being like, am I going to do it? I could do it. And then like, does but it also like he sent these Sentinels back and it's like, nobody even knows that it was him who reprogrammed it. So it's not like Magneto standing on TV being like, I sent those Sentinels to kill all you to show you that. No, the Sentinels will show up. Are they supposed to look up and see Magneto riding on the shoulder of one of them, like miles away in the air and be like, oh no, it's, <laughs> Magneto like how are they supposed to know yeah it's just like random robots are killing everyone and what's going on I mean I guess Senator Kelly takes the blame for that and Trask I mean is that maybe I, who, how it ends Senator Kelly is like locked up on Genosha still I don't even know well, where Trask is yeah I don't know wait is Trask dead because he was in that building that Mystique blew up that's true is Trask dead he might be dead He's probably not dead. He's probably going to be in the finale. I truly don't know. Like the fact that we don't know where half the characters even are anymore is proof (laughs) of how jumbled up this show has become in the sense that I'm just like, I can't even keep track of anything. Like what? I was, you know, I remember earlier episodes of the mutant ages. I kept on saying, you know, one of the things I did admire about the show is that they had a bunch of overarching plots. I take that back. Yeah. Well, because there's too many. I don't agree with past me's statement on there after going and having to review it for this show. There's too much going on. I am so confused. And like, it's unfortunate because I actually think there's a lot of interesting creative takes on the X-Men stories that I think would work really well for a slower paced show. And even in the MCU, like 
I would love to see a combination of X-Men Evolution and this show Mm -hmm. come to the MCU, like taking the good stuff from there. And obviously it's like the same creative team that came up with those ideas, but I don't know why the execution on this was so bad in comparison to X-Men Evolution. I think they were probably told X-Men Evolution is too slow, make something that's like more action oriented. Mm -hmm. And more adult. Yeah. But it's like they took all of the fun teen drama out of it and now it's just like, there's nothing there. And it's just action, action, action. And that's it. I just, it's hard to care about characters when they're introduced and taken away this quickly. I mean, this is why some of our favorite stuff is things like the Warren episode, because it's it's got actual emotional weight and there aren't very many characters in it. Or like something that like just accepts that it's going to be bonkers, like all the sinister stuff. Like mm-hmm. whenever he shows up, they just stop making it a serious show. And that also works. Yeah. It's like, you know how Gotham doesn't take itself seriously. Right. So those episodes with sinister don't take themselves seriously, which creates a more watchable show but this is just like craziness and i keep on thinking about the hellfire club and like i've been saying it for so many episodes at this point i'm like but if they were introduced earlier it would create such an interesting set of challenges for the x-men to overcome and just this different opposing energies like i think it'd be so interesting to watch that evolve over the course of the season Mm -hmm. and even the stuff with general moss now i'm like if they had led up to a big final battle between like Logan and Moss, that would have been awesome because they had that whole background. But instead of Logan just like Empire strikes back, throws him off the ship, and that's that. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I'm just very disappointed. Does that make any sense? Like, it does. I, feel like- I don't even know what to rate this episode. I almost feel like you can skip it. I like honestly, I don't even. I'm like, I, does anything matter in this episode? The only thing that matters is that Magneto rewires the Sentinels. That's it. But you know they're going to show that in previously on the X Men next time around. So like, you could probably skip it, which is funny because this is a three part episode that they like. <laughs> well, we need to cover a lot of plot beats. But this is like. Like the middle part where nothing really actually happens it just kind of like the beginning of it is them re-showing us the same thing and then there's like all these things happening in the future but it's i'm sad to say it's hard to care about the future even in this episode you know this wasn't intentionally a parody of anything at the time but when we shot d2 back when we were in high school or whatever and like mm-hmm. those final scenes that dr devious revealing all these like secret plot points about all these different <laughs> characters along with master brain is like kind of the vibe of this except that was a comedy i know like that was making fun of shit like this i was also thinking about <laughs> how like the moments where atomic has like brainwashed and like watering the flowers reminded me of lorna in this episode where she's just like <laughs> been brainwashed and she's like i don't know who i am anymore it's like again this was a comedy like those were comedic moments and in this show they're supposed to be serious I think that's what Demon was though is us mocking the ridiculous shit that would happen in Mm -hmm. some of these comic books or whatever but I don't know I'll give it like a one out of five X's yeah I'm gonna give it a one not that interested in it even the stuff I liked about it it was really hard to like care because it's not it wasn't integrated with the show yeah it needed to be there like 20 episodes ago I don't know like you can't just introduce this shit you already said this but that whole bit with Shaw walking in and being like hey I'm Sebastian (laughs) Shaw I run the Hellfire Club anyway Emma um (laughs) I'm not gonna listen to you anymore It's like, we don't know who you are. It's like, what do you mean anymore? And I was like, I'm really mad at you, boss. And everyone's like, wait, but you work for him? When did that happen? Yeah, it's like, who is this guy? Yeah, nobody knows what the fuck's happening. So I did enjoy Celine on this. Yeah. And she was really fantastic. Is that our transition? Yeah, let's talk about an X-Men because we haven't done that in a while. All right. Who's that? X-Men. Hellfire Club member. (laughs) 
Yeah. All right. Well, there you go. Um, so I blatantly just said it was Celine, but I was going back on our notes and I realized that we've actually never covered Sebastian Shaw on the show. Know, which is kind of crazy, actually. You know, I usually plan ahead, which I did with a lot of these characters that I knew would be reoccurring in other episodes of other TV shows. But on the Phoenix Saga of animated series, we did Dazzler. We did Jean Grey because it was about Jean. And then we did Mastermind. But then like on the fourth part, I just didn't do anybody. We could have done I think Shaw. because you were just exhausted by then and we were just like, oh my God, there's so many Phoenix episodes. I mean, it's entirely possible that I was planning to do it as the fourth or do it during this show, but I've quickly realized that there's like no time to do that. I think I, I might have thought that Shaw was in more of this show and I'm just wrong, mm. but <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and say that we're going to we're going to table him for now. Because X-Men 97 has confirmed that he's on that show. Mm-hmm. So, like, I do think that we'll just wait on Shaw. Which, we'll get a chance. Yeah. And he, I think he's, like, the only major X-Men character we haven't covered at this point, which is really interesting. Mm-hmm. So, Celine's not super major, but I love her. I think she's a really fun and ridiculous villain that has been around in the comics for several decades now. She does have like that She-Ra, He-Man mm-hmm. vibe to her. So, but she's way sexier. She's like a exploitation evil dominatrix lady. Like she's yeah, she looks like she could be like from Bayonetta or Devil May Cry, that mm-hmm. kind of character. Yeah, which is good. It is fun. I mean, all the Hellfire Club characters are like wearing fetish wear. Like they're either yeah. larping in their like colonial jackets or they're wearing corsets. It's like. I don't know why. No, that's I don't know either. Is, but that's what they wear. I don't think we've ever done like a spotlight on Leland or Pierce either, but they're less interesting than she is. I feel like we did Donald Pierce because I don't think we did, but <sighs> I can look back on that. I have the notes. But for now, let's talk about Celine, also known as the Black Queen, whose first appearance was a New Mutants number nine. She was created by Chris Claremont and Sal Biscuma. I, I think I always pronounce his Sal's name wrong, but like, I don't fucking know. Anyway, um, she has a ridiculous amount of powers. She has superhuman strength, endurance, speed, reflexes. She can control fire. She can control the dead. Uh, she has the ability to drain the life force out of things. She's immortal. She has telekinesis, telepathy, and also magic. So there's like a lot going on here with her. Mm-hmm. Um, and she is the oldest human known mutant uh, alive. She was born over 17,000 years ago. I think Apocalypse is still older than her, but I think those two are the the oldest within mm-hmm. the mutant, I don't know, like... History. History. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but she's just been alive because she keeps on draining life out of other people to continue her own existence. Her name derives from the ancient lunar goddess Selene. Her tribe's elders recognized her as a goddess and the elders commanded the entire tribe, including her own mother, to sacrifice their lives to feed her. Selene came to reside in Rome during the height of its empire. Uh, She approached this character, Eliphas, or Eliphas. It's E-L-I-P-H-A-S. Anyway, he was a well-respected senator and offered him immortality in exchange for helping her kill and absorb every soul in Rome. Eliphas agreed, but warned a small girl in the town to get out with her family. And that little girl went and told the authorities who stopped them from doing the whole ritual. Uh, and they were sentenced to burn at the stake. And of course, Celine killed the guards and got them out. But then she cursed. I'm just going to say Eli, because after this, she, he just goes by Eli. Okay. Curses Eli for the perceived betrayal for an eternal life of torture, basically turning him into a vampire, but not quite a vampire. Like just basically like a lot of the same things, but I don't think he has to like feed on blood to do that. And then he was buried alive for 
for 700 years until a farmer found him like in a field. Uh, anyway, Celine was then later trapped in the Amazon in the town of Novaroma. She was worshipped like a goddess and worked to maintain the isolation of the town so she could retain control. Over the years, she was able to marry several times and have descendants, including Amara aka magma now we did talk about this on magma spotlight and also i will point out there's been a lot of back and forth and i think this uh, i said this on magma's backstory as well where they've retconned what nova roma is several times but i think canonically it's still this i think they went back to this after several different writers tried changing it mm. selene attempted to kill amara by knocking her into a lava pool where we learned that amara's powers manifested selene fought and defeated magma and then planned to turn Daniel Moonstar into a psychic vampire like herself to conquer the world. But the new mutants fought her, and Selene was cast into the lava and buried alive. Selene then directed her worshippers to undertake tasks that would allow her to leave Nova Roma. So Selene went to New York City, where she encountered the juggernaut at a bar. She planned to seduce and murder him, but Wolverine interjected with a bar brawl with Colossus because that's what Logan does. Mm -hmm. Even on She-Hulk, Wolverine's introduction to the MCU is in a fucking news headline that says that the man with knives for hands started a brawl in a bar again. <laughs> Celine then discovered the existence of Rachel Summers, who she wanted to enslave. She tracked down the home of a young man who she was staying with and savagely murdered him. Rachel swore revenge against Celine at that time. With the help of one of her worshippers, Celine made contact with the Hellfire Club and forced the group to take her in as the new Black Queen. She was critical in the X-Men's attempt to stop Kulan Gath, who was using a reality-altering spell with a talisman in New York City, and then she attempted to double-cross the X-Men so she'd take the talisman for herself. Didn't quite work out. Selene was constantly creating issues within the Hellfire Club, trying to overthrow Shaw and become the new leader of the Hellfire Club. This resulted in Shaw and Emma conspiring together to kill Selene by manipulating Firestar to assassinate her, but Firestar eventually saw through that plan and it didn't work out. Uh, eventually, Rachel tries going to kill Celine, but Logan feels honor-bound to prevent Rachel from becoming a murderer, so he <laughs> saved Celine's life by injuring Rachel, and Celine was so enraged she used the incident to force the Lord's Cardinal to hunt and kill Rachel. This brought them to a head with the X-Men, but that fight was halted because it was drawing the attention of Nimrod who attacked them and they had to like all kind of make a truce to fight Nimrod instead. So like bigger bad forces like the bad to join the good for a period mm -hmm, of time. Mm -hmm. Classic trope. Common enemy. Yep. Yeah, pretty much. When Shaw and Magneto were campaigning to lead the Hellfire Club, Celine's vote was the deciding vote for Shaw to be voted out. Unknown to any of them, Celine was pretty much over the Hellfire Club and didn't want to be there anymore and just was planning its destruction and gathering a army of young mutants with the help of the Game Master. These mutants were known as the Upstarts who went on a killing spree who presumably killed at the time Magneto, Shaw, Pierce, and the Reavers, which obviously we know is not true because all those characters are alive and I think they were alive like within the next issue anyway. Uh, they mortally <laughs> wounded Emma Frost and was killing the Hellions. We talked about all this during, uh, I think, Emma Frost's yeah, history. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Selene uh, manipulated the upstarts by promising them that each murder would land them a point to eventually get them the grand prize of being the next best thing to immortality. Trevor Fitzroy then betrayed her, and Selene was then kept in a torture device where her flesh was repeatedly ripped off her body, which Ugh. is fucked up, right? Ugh. I don't think even, I mean, Selene's pretty fucked up, but that's. That's a little much. Yeah. I, think, I don't even think Celine deserves that. Yeah, I don't know that anybody does. Yeah, right? She's later freed by Amanda Sefton, our favorite magic branding 
girlfriend mm-hmm. of of Kurt Nightcrawler. Sometimes, sometimes sister gets a little weird. <laughs> yeah. To replenish her power, Celine attacked and killed the surviving members of the externals. Celine also attempted to absorb Cable's life, but it backfired because of his techno organic arm, and she was forced to flee to maintain her own power. She was later spotted in Brazil where she had tracked down Sunspot and she tried convincing Sunspot to join her new Hellfire Club, which he refused to at first, but eventually went along with her in order to stop the Deviants and the Democles Foundation from activating a Celestial Gatherer. It's a little fucking bullshit. I hate Celestials. I hate. I don't hate them, but I hate it when they get involved with the X-Men because I feel like that's too much for the fucking allegory. Uh, Celine then was able to use her to control the machinery of the Gatherer but Moonstar and Arcade destroyed it before Celine could access its power. Celine returned to the Hellfire Club. She struck a deal with the demon Blackheart and throughout the rest of the Hellfire Club, she brought in Sunspot as her Black Rook. This is during the Extreme X-Men time if you're looking for a date on this. And he joined them because he was hoping that they could resurrect Juliana Sandoval, the girl who had died trying to save his life when his powers were manifesting. Hmm. Shaw returns to the Hellfire Club and traps Celine in the catacombs of the Hellfire Club. She creates an alliance with Donald Pierce and eventually escapes telepathically, trying to use Rachel to completely free herself. She tries taking of her mind, but Rachel's too strong for her. And so Rachel forces her out of her mind, trapping Celine back down in the Hellfire Club where she was stuck before. Celine was one of the few mutants to retain her powers after M-Day. And eventually Celine gets out and disguises herself as an old woman in Mutant Town and lives with the mutant Wither, who also like kind of makes people die by touching them. Where they're just draining and killing people for fun and I guess to live. I don't, you know, fully understand mutant. Te- that, that's a good series to read. It's Bishop and Sage. So, yeah. Um, Celine then resurrects Destiny to ask what her future holds. It becomes this whole crazy thing where Celine returns to the, her birthplace in Central Europe. Uh, along with her new Hellfire Club, and she sets a plan out to become the goddess that she knows that she was meant to be. And her new club goes to the Hellf- old Hellfire Club in New York and just slaughters everyone that's there. And during this time, Celine starts resurrecting several mutants. This is how we had like all these old X-Men new mutant characters coming back from the dead. Caliban and Thunderbird are here. They're leading her to the ruins of Genosha, which are now dubbed Necrotia by Celine. They're resurrecting mutants to attack the X-Men in Utopia. Utopia, while Celine plans to use the souls that are all dead there to like superpower her. Uh, but she's finding out that like not all of them still have their powers, so she needs like a certain knife or whatever. It didn't make very much sense. You have to read Necrotia because it's like fucking bonkers. Uh, but basically, she now needs like this magic knife to make it work. So she like sends somebody out to go get it. I don't even remember what happens. She she dispatches like a whole crew to get the knife back and. Warpath gets captured, and then eventually this character Bard gets the knife and proclaims his eternal love for Celine, and then she kills Eli because Eli is just fucking there. It's a very messy story. Uh, Vanisher like saves Thunderboard. Celine absorbs as many souls as possible to become the goddess that she wants to be. Uh, she commands her followers to get more souls. Warpath defeats Celine by plunging the dagger into her chest while performing a ritual that kills evil spirits because he's like, it's Warpath, so he's also magic. Mm-hmm. Celine then explodes into rays of light. Later, Blink tries to resurrect Celine, but Emma and some other X-Men stop her because they're like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> uh, don't do that. Yeah. But then it's revealed that Celine's body and soul had been preserved as airborne particles. Well, Don't know how that works. And somehow stored in stasis. This is like Mr. Sinister turning into the beach <laughs> levels of resurrection. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And like she was kept in a vault in New York City, which during that whole sisterhood of mutant scenes, Lady Deathstrike and Enchantress 
break her free and restore her. Celine now resides on Krakoa. Uh, she's had some interesting plot points where she's been involved with X Corp as like one of the advisors or like count, not not a council person, but like she's been working for X Corp. Have you read that yet? It's really fun with Warren and I haven't read X Corp. I, I need to read that next. I that's funny that she's in it's it. It's very short. I know it's like five issues. It's really short. And then there's like a whole other thing where they were trying to decide who is going to be replacing Apocalypse on the council because they had him and Jean leave. So that's before Destiny and Colossus were put on the council. And mm-hmm. Celine was basically petitioning herself. And when they were like, no, you're fucking nuts. She's like, <laughs> you're going to wish you never said that. And she summons all these fucking demons to like kill everybody in Krakoa. That's <laughs> and- really funny. Oh, Celine. Okay, but what's so good is that the person who stops it is Mr. Sinister who injects himself with like kaiju serum. And then he turns into a kaiju briefly and saves this island. Love it. I know he like lands back on the island afterwards. He's like, I'm a savior. And Scott's like, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> like- <laughs> and Sinister's like, no one's allowed to bully Krakoa but me. Okay. <laughs> It's like really funny. Um, I do recommend reading X Corp. It's a lot of fun. But Celine is to me a very fun and silly character. Like she's, she's just so campy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's it's why it's funny to see her on this show. Which I mean, say what you will about it, but it's largely pretty serious and gritty and like adult. So it's like just funny to randomly have this sexy vampire lady here being like, <laughs> "I'm going to suck Scott's life force," and it's like, well, okay, I guess that's the. Show show we're watching now uh sure yeah why not why not why not so i don't know that's who she is not that she's explained who she is in the show at all but that's who she's supposed to be so yeah great uh Love enjoy it. that <laughs> excellent anyway speaking of sucking things who's gay the I don't um, know. I mean, it's kind of like Bishop and Logan talk to each other for literally one second. The, uh, well, Hank and Logan talk to each other also for one second. It's like, what are we gonna? What are we Scott gonna do here? Thought about that one time he was making out with Logan for one second. Yeah, this is not a very gay episode. This is like a very dominatrixy episode, but that's that's about as non-normative as the sexuality gets around here, and it's still pretty straight. I don't. I, I feel like that's barely in here too. I don't feel like there's. Like, usually I can pick out the gay allegory or be like, this is what the metaphor is. Yeah, not so much here, honestly. I don't know, because even Magneto's shit doesn't make sense. He's like, in order to save the gays, I have to kill all the gays first <laughs> and then also kill all the straights, which, yeah. what? And Wanda shows up and she's like, Dad, nothing you said makes sense. And he's like, shh, don't, don't tell your brother. And Peter's just like, you don't get it because I'm a gay boy. <laughs> and we're like, what? I mean, Pietro is still very flamboyant every single yeah. time he appears. Like, animated Pietro. Not not always comic Pietro. I mean, we believe. We believe comic Pietro is closeted. I think a lot of people actually do think that comic book Pietro is deeply closeted. It's, it's just, it's because the version of him on Evolution and also this show feel is like gay. a gay character. Like, it just seems that way. So it's like, come on. 
come on, people. Well, that's because like being really sassy and putting his hands exactly. on his hips and be like, I sewed my own costume. And we're like, okay. <laughs> and he's like, I'm just trying to impress my daddy because I have massive daddy issues. Yeah. And Wanda's like, oh my God, you really do. I, and I'm going to go ahead and say there's not going to be any time for anybody to be gay in the last episode either. Probably like, not. You know? Probably not. I, I copied and pasted the little description from Disney Plus and I feel like it just goes ahead and spoils the entire episode. <laughs> what does it say? Okay, what here's, it say? here's what it says. The X-Men, MRD, and S.H.I.E.L.D. S.H.I.E.L.D.'s coming back. <laughs> fight against Magneto Sentinels. Meanwhile, the inner circle reveals to Scott that Emma and the Stepford Cuckoos were the ones responsible for setting in motion the event <laughs> that would lead to the destruction of the mansion, Xavier's 20-year coma, and the eventual extraction of the Phoenix Force from Jean's mind and body. Wow, they put that all in there? That's all in there, baby. The only thing they left out was Apocalypse. <laughs> so I guess he'll show up at the very end. Can't wait. Oh, my God. I'm glad that the spoiler of that episode is like in the second sentence. It's so funny. <laughs> it's like that's the spoiler that you already told me last week where I, I was like already blown away by it. And they're just putting it in the recap of the episode. Maddie, what? Help. <laughs> Send help. <laughs> I can't believe we recorded this on a Monday night. I know. With no sleep. After work. I'm so tired. And- but we come on. We're 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 almost we're almost to the end. We just gotta do plugs, folks. Okay, we got it. We're professional, right? Let's do our professional so plug. Professional. Pluggy. The windows are shut. I'm not letting him in right now. It's too cold. It's too he has cold. To find another way in. It's it's pluggy. You'll probably figure out how to come through the pipes and come through the toilet right the one pipes. day. Oh my god, it. that's terrifying. Oh my god, you're always coming it's up like, with terrifying things for fucking. It's like do. Spice World all over again. <laughs> I hate that. Okay, so mutantages.com <laughs> is our website. You can subscribe to the show there and also find a ton of ways to contact us, like our email address, themutantages at gmail.com. You can send us emails about why you like this show and why we're wrong. Please do, by all means. No, um, Seriously. You can join our Discord server and uh, chat with people about it. And you can call our voicemail inbox at 1-508-319-1668. Or you can even send us some physical mail to our P.O. Box, which is P.O. Box 3344, Natick, Massachusetts, 01760. Yeah. Send some Christmas cards. Yeah, you can send us Christmas cards, Hanukkah cards, whatever you want. Uh, tis the season to be yeah, cold tis as the fuck. Season. Yeah, <laughs> to be cold and sad. Um, also, we're all over social media. We still have a Twitter. While while supplies last, um, we also have every other social media that exists. We are the mutant ages on all of them. I am at Mitty Myers on all those platforms. What about you? Uh, I am Ryan Pagella on Twitter and Ryan on Instagram. That's also the name of my YouTube channel, where you can see. My adventures in Disney. I feel like I'm going to edit these these videos for the rest of my life. But, you know, <laughs> there they are. Uh, but more importantly, you can check out the YouTube channel for The Mutant Ages, where we take clips from this show and, and match it up with the animated series. Uh, we do play through the game sometimes when mm-hmm. we have time. It's been a little bit. We'll, we'll make some we'll, time we'll for that. We'll get back to it. We'll get back to it. You can see uh, Demon and D2, those <laughs> high school movies we made that are parodies of the X-Men. I bring that up because we brought it up in this episode. And also mm-hmm. it's us and we cannot not bring up Demon. I, I, it's actually wild to me that you, me, <laughs> Steph, and Mink, and Righty are still quoting and talking about Demon now. And it's been like 20 years. I know. So 
It's, it's <laughs> near and dear it to our hearts. It is the most important thing we've ever made. And we right. still feel that way. So you may as well watch it. And with the holidays right on the corner, you can go back and watch our old live streams from the charities that we did. Yeah. And you can see Maddie and I do Gene and Scott baking X-Men cookies oh for Christmas God. together. Classic and video. it goes over great. It's so good. <laughs> They're a great married couple. <laughs> Nothing's wrong with them whatsoever. Absolutely not. Um, so, classic, yeah. classic bits on the YouTube channel. Go subscribe. <laughs> Please. Um, also, we have many ways that you can support the show and show your Mutant Ages fandom. We've got a store. If you want to show off Mutant Ages-ness, you can buy a shirt that says Bishop popping out of the bushes saying that time travel is real or that says the Mutant Ages logo on it. And also we have a Patreon, patreon.com slash the Mutant Ages, where you can become a supporter of ours and get bonus monthly episodes or whatever the fuck else we do. <laughs> like we, we could talk about anything like Super Mario Brothers or <laughs> she Thor, Thor, She-Hulk, Catwoman, whatever the fuck we feel like talking about. Yep, yep. And uh, our highest tier Patreon supporters get a shout out on the show. Yes, Samuel <laughs> B, Sawyer B, Zach S. Hello, you beautiful young bodacious bodies. I'm gonna drain the life out of you. Oh you will be the ultimate sacrifice to me, becoming the goddess of the mutant ages. Thank you for your top tier support and sacrificing your life to us here. Oh my god. Perfect. That I can't believe we got the voice actors who played Celine on this show to come in and record that. Oh, wait, do you want to do quick? Do you want to do Shaw? Does he have anything to say? <laughs> I just snorted. <laughs> I never snort. Oh my god. Okay. Oh um, god. and if you cannot afford to support the show, we understand, but we do hope that you will leave us a review on your podcast platform of choice and share the show with your friends on your personal social media. Get amped. We are gearing up for the Wolverine versus Hulk movie. I guess it's kind of a movie. Deadpool's in it. I remember watching it in the past and thinking it was really fun. Yeah. So You know what? Uh, real quick, I guess I can let y'all know that we do have the plans to obviously finish out the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, Which includes the little movie. Yep. Hulk versus, and then we're going to do a wrap up and a listener mail. Yeah. And uh, eventually get over to Days of Future Past with, no, I mean, not Apocalypse. Days of Future Past. We already did that. We're doing Apocalypse. <laughs> and then the anime. We're actually going back in time and doing Days of Future Past again. No, just kidding. No, yeah, well, I mean, that would be appropriate for that movie, right? I so know. No, we don't need to. We don't need to. Yeah, we are going to get to the anime. That's going to be really fun. Um, So look forward to that. I'm actually am looking forward to it. I know that show is maybe 10 episodes long, if that. So I'll take it. Well, but there's a second season of it. There's the Wolverine anime after the X-Men anime. Yeah, but that's like separate. That's they're not even I don't think they even are at all connected. I think they just made two separate animes at the same time. Well, But aren't we going to watch both of them or were you not thinking we would? Yeah, no, 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 no. We're, we're going to watch every X-Men property ever created. Don't get me wrong. Well, I know. I just I'm just clarifying like we have technically two anime to watch. That's right. That's right. But I'm excited about it because it is not 25 episodes and I don't think there's <laughs> no, too many not. characters in them. So that helps. <laughs> yeah, it does. I mean, we're not going to be introduced to the cuckoos and then five seconds later, all of Laura's clones. That's not going to happen. <laughs> and it's not going to happen in the freaking finale of the entire show. And then also the entire Hellfire Club. Oh my God. Anyway, we'll see you next time. <laughs> <laughs> see you next time. We're going to go to bed. And by bed, I mean, we're going to go eat. We're going to go eat dinner <laughs> and then we're going to go to bed. Goodbye. Goodbye. Good night. The